Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Dynamics podcast. I'm dun, Tom dun, McKenna, dun, dun, dun. and you are, sir? I am Carl Stout. Stout. Alright. So, uh, yeah, basically we made this podcast just to talk about Iron Fist pretty much, and talk with you guys, hopefully. Um, this episode will be a bit longer than most of them, because we're talking about his creation, you know, all that jazz, uh, his influences... But uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Um, I just want to, before we start, I just want to do a shout out to J. David Weeder at Dave's Daredevil Podcast. He really helped us get up and running. I probably wouldn't be doing it if he wasn't egging me on, so to speak. Check him out at Two True Freaks. It's a really good Daredevil podcast. I definitely recommend it. Good stuff. Definitely good stuff. You should check it out. He's a pro. I'll say that much. And I don't, I don't think the man breathes. Yeah. Yeah, he never <laughs> stops. It's crazy. So, I guess, how did you get into Iron Fist, Carl? Well, being the old man that I am... <laughs> right. Uh, I was introduced to Iron Fist... Well, the, my first introduction to Iron Fist was actually Contest of Champions, where he has a microscopic role and I think, a whopping three issue, uh, three pages, where Invisible Woman kicks his butt. Oh, my God. So that appearance didn't really make much of an impact on me. I mean, I thought he looked cool, but then Invisible Woman just put a, you know, shield bubble around his head and made him pass out from lack of oxygen. Which she's done to him a couple different times, actually. She's overpowered, though, so I don't feel too bad. (laughs) And... That was it for a while on Iron, uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, I'm from Connecticut, and in Connecticut, uh, growing up, there wasn't really any comic book stores in my area when I was young. They popped up later when I, I hit my uh, uh, teens. So the only place we could go to was the local drugstore or Five and Dime or however you refer to them from wherever you're living. Chemist. Um, pharmacy yep chemists had a rack of marvel comics and it's, i shouldn't say marvel they had a rack of comics there'd be dc comics marvel comics archie casper the ghost wendy the good little witch all that stuff a cornucopia of different comic books but they were in control of what they used to fill the rack and there was only so many spots so i didn't discover Power Man and Iron Fist until it was almost over. And uh, I was actually staying at my aunt's for a weekend, and she took me to her local 7-Eleven, which is a convenience store. Um, and they had a completely different selection in their comic book rack, and I picked a couple comics I had never read before, Power Man and Iron Fist being one of them. And I was already a huge martial art movie fan. Uh, I bought silly, like, ninja magazines when I was younger, you know, to, to train myself to be a ninja. Black Belt and Magazine. And all my friends, yep, Black Belt Magazine. Um, 
all my friends in the neighborhood made their own, you know, nunchucks out of wood and string. And uh, so martial arts has always been there for me. Been, I mean, our channel 20 locally um, had Samurai Sunday, where they would show two 70s-era kung fu movies back-to-back on Sunday morning, starting at like 10 a.m. And me and my brother were addicted to the things. We would watch both movies and then beat the crap out of each other for like the next five hours. Um, So upon that issue and seeing Iron Fist and and in that particular issue, he actually beats the crap out of people while wearing roller skates. (laughs) What? Yep, he beats the crap out of people wearing roller skates and then loses the roller skates to get into his outfit and then fights a werewolf woman from Kunlun. That sounds absolutely amazing. I can't believe I haven't read that yet. Well, it's fantastic. At least it was fantastic at my age. And uh, so upon getting this issue, I I needed to track down the others. And then I found out about a local comic book store that was in driving distance. You know, I begged and pleaded, and my father brought us there. And uh, me and my brother started the wonderful world of buying back issues and blowing all your free cash on comic books. So then I started to fill my collection in and have been hunting down Iron Fist issues ever since. All right. Yeah. That, 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 so what was that story? Is that in Power Man and Iron Fist, the werewolf? Yes. One? Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till we get up to that one. Um, and how did you get involved in Power Man and Iron Fist or Iron Fist, should I say? Yeah. I never really got into Power Man. I got into Iron Fist, I think, mid-2000s. Uh, like here, I was a bit of a martial arts nut. Although, when I, was, when I was a kid, it was always boxing. But, um, yeah, I think I first saw him in, what was it, Cable and Deadpool, maybe. You know, I'd seen him around. I thought he was kind of cool, but uh never grabbed me too much. Then I saw him in a game I was playing. Can't remember which one it was, but... Maximum Carnage? <laughs> uh, no, I think it was... Ultimate Alliance 2, maybe? Yeah. So I saw that, then I found uh, Immortal Iron Fist, the Brubaker series. I read all that, I ate it up. I was doing martial arts at the time. Well, I'm still doing it, but at the time it was, uh... It was difficult, I had this real hippie teacher, I guess. You know, he'd be like, ooh, the stars are there, it means it's gonna rain tomorrow or something. So I guess I really got into the Immortal Iron Fist, because there was a lot of that sort of spiritual jazz... But I just really enjoyed the character, so I went back and read the 70s stuff, and uh, yeah, that actually got me back into reading comics in general, you know, so I guess I owe the character, so to speak. And uh, yeah, now I'm here, I've just been reading nearly everything Iron Fist I can get a hold of, which unfortunately isn't much these days, he's not really in much. Um, But you know, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, he has kind of been pulled from the scenes and we both think that it has to do with his up- upcoming Netflix appearance. I hope it has to do with that because we just got Living Weapon which I haven't finished yet and I was hoping that would lead to more stuff but um, yeah I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean Punisher doesn't have a comic so they must be waiting for Netflix as well for him um, so I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, I think uh well, the original plan was them for, for them to all have one season and then for it to turn into the Defenders. Yeah. I guess Daredevil did so well. And I'm 
so glad it's getting a second season, by the way. Daredevil's another favourite character of mine. Um, yeah, I just hope Iron Fist isn't delayed as a result. I don't think it would be, unless they have budget concerns, because there seems to be different teams behind each show. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of... Uh, Daredevil set up a fair few Iron Fist things, so I was hoping we get a bit more news afterwards, because it didn't set up any Luke Cage or anything, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait... That's what being an Iron Fist fan is about, just waiting for news. Yep. The, uh, I actually had a conversation with Ray Park about oh, yeah. Iron Fist. And uh, it was kind of funny because I met up at a local comic show about 10 years ago. And this was right around when they had said that he was going to appear as or appear in the Iron Fist movie as Iron as Danny Rand. Yeah. And I'm standing in line to meet him, and every single person is just Darth Maul, Darth Maul, Darth Maul, Darth Maul, <laughs> Toad, 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 Toad from X-Men, Darth Maul, Darth Maul, can you sign my Darth Maul action figure, blah, 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 blah. And I walk up there, and I'm like, oh, man, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I start asking him martial art questions and Iron Fist, and his eyes got as big as 50-cent pieces. He actually jumped up from behind his table, grabbed me by the arm, and took me behind his booth area because there was a huge curtain. And we stood back there for like five minutes just shooting about martial arts styles, kung fu, and how Iron Fist was actually his father's favorite comic book character. Wow. And he is so honored that he was going to be playing him in the movie, and he wanted to do the character True Justice. And as you'd all know by now, ten years later, this never happened. Why didn't it happen again? I don't know. Was it Iron I mean, Man? I th- I'm pretty sure. Wasn't that right around the time with the whole bankruptcy hit? Possibly. I'm not sure. So I think a lot of things got scrapped because of the bankruptcy, and, and being part of a bankruptcy is when you have to, you know basically redo everything because you're not doing it right now so you have to have a plan yeah it'd be good to see him as Orson Randall Um, oh yeah there's definitely still a spot for him yeah with with all the new characters that were, were created in the immortal Iron Fist I mean there's 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 plenty of room for him to be in a movie or a TV show just a tangent here I've got to say all the immortal Iron Fist characters are the side characters are so good I wish they came in earlier because I'm not one of those people who's a Misty Knight fan so the supporting characters in his early stuff is always the weakest part for me I actually am a Misty Knight fan and a Colleen Wing fan I like Colleen And and Colleen came first in the Iron Fist universe yeah and no they have never hooked up yeah no it was always (laughs) like a yeah you're expecting it but I guess it surprised me when they didn't all right, so we're here to discuss the first issue. Yes, Marvel Premiere 15, also known as The Fury of Iron Fist. I guess, so this came out, what, May 1974? 1974 was a pretty big year. Uh, Wolverine and the Punisher both debuted in Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man, respectively. There was a lot of horror and sci-fi and romance comics running around. I don't think there's any of those anymore. Uh, no, not really. Which is a shame. 
because uh, uh, their new lineup seems to be mostly Avengers and X-Men titles as opposed to different genres but oh man thing got his own comic as well which yep. is a character I've always been meaning to get into um, but it was just you know time um, so I guess uh, yeah he was created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane they got the name from a film called Five Fingers of Death which I haven't seen but it has a ceremony of the Iron Fist in which the hero gains the ability to wipe out his enemies with his bare hands so you know that's pretty close to the book <laughs> the, yeah, the idea scene from, the scene from the movie is actually referenced in the comic is it? Where he oh, goes I haven't from seen it to, yeah where he goes from sand to gravel to stone okay cool yeah it seems Iron Fist is an amalgamation of a lot of ideas put together and it really works yeah actually Iron like Fist this, sorry continue the, this first issue I mean I, I just reread it before, again before we uh got online to do this yeah it's still a super powerful issue i love it it's uh probably the so, best one it's extremely intense it's got more freaking words than 20 comic books on the shelf right now mm. so you sit down to read a comic book and you're like oh, i'll crank through this in five minutes half hour later you finally on the last page it's, it's got fantastic it. imaging the artwork still stands the test. The coloring is horrible. I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know who colored this book, but I think they might have been falling asleep on a few panels. What, what book are you looking at? The Masterworks? No, I'm looking at the actual oh, issue. the original issue. In my hand. Yeah. Yeah. G. Wynn, whoever he is. It's a little shaky with the brush on the dark greens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just... I know you saw him in black and white first. Uh, not first. Actually, I saw it, uh, well, I saw the version you're reading first. I reread it in black and white, though, and I think the black and white is much better. It definitely gives off more of a pulpy feel, because it's a, you know, pretty pulpy story, I guess. Yeah, I'm, you know, it, it's funny with the name Iron Fist that Stanley was actually okay with it, while Iron Man is still running around, you know? Because mm -hmm. we all know Stan's, uh, I don't know, Tyrant's way too strong a word, but, um... <laughs> I don't know, I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to alienate Stanley fans. Uh, and Iron Fist, the idea of Iron Fist actually predates uh, the Bruce Lee popularity surge. Like, I recall Roy Thomas didn't really know Bruce Lee when he was thinking of Iron Fist, so... Right. The Iron Fist being a Bruce Lee ripoff is put to rest there. It's not true. Um, Shang Chi, however. Yes, let yeah, we could do a whole podcast that's, on that. <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. Shang Chi is Marvel's Bruce Lee. I like Shang Chi, but it's true. Now, Iron Fist is pretty much the Amazing Man, who's from yes. the thirties. He, uh, this is Gil Kane's contribution. Basically, the Amazing Man was an orphan who was raised by seven monks. Uh, mm. In Tibet, does that sound familiar at all? Uh, mm. He had similar, and I reckon more hardcore trials than Iron Fist. I guess he didn't fight a dragon, but like he had to know every single language on the planet. <laughs> um, he had a bad guy called The Question, who's extremely similar to UT, if that's how you pronounce it. And he gave him the ability to turn into Green Mist. Does this character sound familiar at all? His name is also John Amman. 
Yeah, and I think it's really cool, actually, that I uh, didn't find out about this inspiration until relatively recently, and I think it's really cool that they included The Amazing Man in the Immortal Iron Fist stories. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess... And I, th- I think, mm-hmm. I'm almost positive, there's a small comic book publishing company that is doing new Amazing Man. And I think they're free as well, online. They released the first issue free or something. And I I can definitely understand why the Prince of Orphans just absolutely manhandles everyone he comes into contact with. I always thought he was a bit overpowered, but now it makes sense. Yeah, actually, I just want to cover uh, the rest of his influences real quick because he's pretty heavily influenced, um, not Iron Fist himself, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what Kunlun is. So if you don't, you'll find out. But yeah, Kunlun is pretty much the mountain in Chinese mythology, also called Kunlun. A bunch of immortals live there. Yeah, there's even a tree of immortality in the mythical Kunlun. I tried to find it, but it can't really be pinpointed. Most myths place it at the start of the Yellow River, though, which is also known as the Cradle of Chinese Civilization. But there is a mountain range... <clears throat> Sorry, a mountain range called Kunlun, and that is definitely... It's on the border of Tibet. I'm not an authority here, so feel free to correct me, but um, from no, what I so could see... So far, so good. From what I could see, it's on the border of Tibet, so there is that. And yeah, there was just a lot of stuff, like there's uh, visitors to the mountain called the Eight Immortals. Um, Fat Cobra, uh, one of the champions of the other cities, like Iron Fist, is from Peng Lei. And that's a reference to the eight immortals who lived at that castle, and then got drunk and crossed the river using magic. <laughs> um, I'd like to read that at some point. I heard that Roy Thomas had a Chinese mythology book, so this makes sense that he pretty much just got the location from there. There was definitely some research being done. This wasn't yeah, this just wasn't, pulled out of someone's keister. This wasn't just cashing in on the 70s kung fu thing. There was a lot of thought nope. behind the creation, which is really cool. Like, um... Just makes you appreciate it more, and I'm just I I love Powerman and Iron Fist. I'm just I just think it's a bit of a shame that it sort of went in that 70s kung fu direction. Kung fu and black exploitation. Yes, yeah, it became a period piece, which is still good, but Immortal definitely brought it back to its roots. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, did you want to start on the issue then? Well, the yeah. issue starts with. Danny slash Iron Fist facing the challenge of the four. And uh, I honestly say, in my mind anyways, I really think August there, UT, Mm -hmm. August Personage in Jade, was the inspiration for G.I. Joe Cobra Commander without his helmet on. Really? Well, if you think about it, Cobra Commander wears the exact same headpiece, just in blue, when he doesn't wear his helmet. That is true. When was G.I. Joe created? I'm not an authority on that. The comic, I think, I want to say it came out 79 in that area. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, (laughs) Another uh, great comic book, by the way. (laughs) That first first year of G.I. Joe. I can't, Marvel was incredible. I can't see myself tracking that down, unfortunately. Um, well, while you do that, I'll continue. Uh, so Iron Fist is facing the challenge of the four, which is, you know, just four guys, essentially. And he proceeds four, to... Four Kung Fu Masters. Yes, Kung Fu Masters, I apologise. And he proceeds to just kick the snot out of them, pretty much. Um, 
Well, not just kick the snot out of them. It basically says he ends their careers. Yeah, no, it's pretty graphic considering, like, there's guy with foam coming out of his mouth and everything. And I guess he sort of feels bad, maybe. 1982 on G.I. Joe. Okay, so it was after, yeah. And then... Because he, he does feel bad. Mm-hmm. He said if they met them on the street, they'd probably hang out together. Yeah, it's a bit confusing with the second-person narration, because I guess that's him thinking... So, there's lots of thinking. Yeah, lots and lots, lots of thinking. Lots of thinking and, and getting cracked on the head and remembering. <laughs> so then, UT is like, well, gives him a moment to contemplate before he faces the challenge of the one. And we go to a huge flashback. So let's just talk about these first few pages. What do you think of the title, like the cover? The initial yeah. first page. The you... co- All right, we'll start with the cover. You karate killers wanted a showdown, now you've got it. That is, uh, of course, him fighting the four, and it's powerful. And it's in New York for some reason. You are correct. And he has a bat with spikes on it as well. One of the four, that is. And and the other has a knife, which he doesn't neither have in the actual fight. So they definitely spruced it up like they always do. Always do, yeah. It's the cover. Let's put something out here that's not going to happen in the book. Yeah, pretty much every 70s cover ever. And uh, But powerful, very colorful in your face. The yellow and red just pop right out at you. So they definitely yeah. had uh, probably a meeting on that. Great logo. Uh, he's in the form of an X, pretty much like almost consuming the entire cover. Mm. So you definitely know who Iron Fist is. Yeah. Then we get to the first page, and you're talking straight off of a movie poster. The kung mm. fu poses on everybody, the intensity, the mysterious um, masters, and UT in the background watching over him. Yeah, I got a big, a big giant orange arrow. Like you needed that to tell you to turn the page. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, look at what's on the next page, if you weren't going to turn it, I guess. Wait, um, there's more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love the action throughout all of this. It's really clear. You can see what's going on. Yes, again, I think research had to have been done. Because these, yeah. these panels and in, uh, in page layout are very thought out, very well done. Uh, actual strikes that are in Kung Fu being completed here, not just, you know, malarkey. Yeah. Looks like it hurts. Like, really hurts as well. It's definitely impact. And uh, my actual favorite panel in this comic book, and this issue has a lot of good panels. I'm not mm. going to lie. But I don't know why. I have no reason for this. But my favorite panel is the top left panel on page three where he's taken out three of them and he's got the fourth one jumping through the air at him. Yeah. Just looking over the shoulder, his shoulder. I, it's just a powerful panel. And I, I'm always drawn to it whenever I hit that page. It's just like, that's just an awesome panel. Yeah, it's really good. I love that panel where he's just kicking that guy in the face. <laughs> the one at the end of that page. like The guy just looks like he's dead pretty much. So he's got the blood exploding out of his mouth. Yeah, the sound effect thrum. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah, I don't know. It just sticks out to me. It's really uh, packs a punch, so to speak. And uh, I know you brought it up in earlier conversations we had about discussing this issue. 
that uh, in the first few issues, you can actually see Iron Fist's eyes. Yeah. And they did not do the typical whiteout yet. I I like seeing his eyes. I guess it doesn't really work for the superhero thing they end up going for, but I think it works a lot better for this, you know, uh, kung fu revenge thing they've got going on right now. Because he's not he's not really a superhero for a while, right? You know, it's a martial arts comic until right. I think either later on in Marvel Premiere or when like Chris Claremont and John Byrne take over. And it's still good. I love that run. I guess I'll just have to see which one I prefer when we get up to it though, really. So uh, As a matter of fact, I think mm-hmm. No, even in the team up, which was in between uh, this run and his own book, he still had his blue eyes. Is that the Marvel team up 30? 31, Spider-Man and Iron Fist. I really like that issue. It was strange, very strange. I guess we'll get to that (laughs) when we get to it. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. So I guess, do you want to do the flashback sequence now? The most brutal origin that makes Batman look like a pussy. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> he looks off into the distance as he's contemplating his past, and he's with his, you know, his dad, his mum, and his business partner. His business partner is Harold Meekum. Is that the right pronunciation? Uh, Meacham. Meacham. And then there's Wendell Rand, his dad. Can't remember his mum's name. But yeah, they're Heather. just. Heather, that's right. So they're just walking along uh, these mountains in Tibet as you take a nine-year-old, as you do. Um, and <laughs> what you do. <laughs> you know, Meacham sort of like, dude, this is crazy. He has a bit of a point, but he does have that evil mustache villain look going on. Um, yes. So, you know, they're walking through. They're pretty much just discussing how they're looking for this mystical city Randall knows of. Wendell, sorry. And they're all a bit skeptical, especially Meacham, that uh, Heather and Danny are happy to go along. So they trudging along then Danny falls off yep and drags Heather uh, and Wendell down Uh, Danny slips taking his mother bringing his father but the rope snaps leaving Wendell hanging by one hand shouting at them because they landed on a precipice below and and they uh, and they're they're fine just a little bruised up and this is where uh, Meacham reveals his true colors yeah perfect plan and he thinks he's a nutbag and he'll take him out now and bring his wife home and make him make her his and raise his son like it's his own and he's a jerk he's a real he's jerk. a big jerk piece of work and so he owns that mustache he steps on his uh hand and it takes a while for him to fall because we know later on that wendell's pretty hardcore but he does fall and clearly smashes his head on this rock as he falls down. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is a full face plant. Done pretty brutally. <laughs> um, and It doesn't uh, show the actual act, but you have the typical travel lines and a giant huge blood explosion on a ledge. And then through shadows, you see that pretty much his top of his head is just destroyed. Well, if you went much further, it'd be a Max comic, really. <laughs> and so, obviously, Danny and Heather are absolutely horrified. And Harold's like, no one will ever be able to prove that I killed you, except for these two people that clearly saw me do it. And then Heather throws a rock at him, which is justified. Um, And he's like, oh, you've got me all wrong. I've always loved you. And pretty much gives him an ultimatum, like, come with me, if not for Danny's sake, or just stay in the middle of nowhere and die. And Heather just chooses option B, 
Which yeah. is... I don't know how I feel about that, considering you think she might go along with him, with Danny, to protect him. But Well, still, what she utters is completely classic. Let my son grow up to kill you with his own two hands, or let him die like his father. What? <laughs> yeah, I... I'm glad I'm not the only one who's a bit confused there as well. I'm like, this woman is hardcore. Because then he, well, then he pretty much leaves. And he's, he's like, just you like might, uh, however you want it, Heather, I'm out. You'll change your mind once the frostbite sets in. And, uh, yeah, then Danny's like, I'm glad you threw rocks at him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'd be glad that she threw rocks at him too, I guess. Flashback ends with, uh... Adult Iron Fist now announcing that he is ready. So yeah, this is a really good sequence. Uh, well, well, you have to describe that panel. Well, it's he's young Danny going, Danny, are you ready? Are you ready to try? And you see little tiny nine-year-old Danny who just witnessed his father killed right in front of him in this, you know, word, word bubble from hell, all jagged and rigid, mm. going, yes, mother, yes, I'm, and then it fades over to Iron Fist saying, ready. Yeah. So this is the moment where Danny went hardcore. I mean, he's obviously has not gotten over this, which is fair enough, I guess. It's only been ten years. But uh, the artwork is, uh, I don't know, it's, I don't like the colouring of this section, but uh, in black and white, I think it looks really, really good. Um, mm -hmm definitely suits it more i honestly think they went at least on the next page where uh we're back to current time and he's about to meet the one there's they just picked too many things that were green and i think they didn't know what to do with it so between bouncing back and forth on these different shades of green and then having to put other colors in the background yeah. that wouldn't muddle the green. It just makes it look kind of cool. Yeah, it's a, just a lot of, yeah, a lot of green, a lot of bright, bright colors that just don't particularly meld together very well. Yeah, the, 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 where the page where Randall hits his, uh, Wendell, sorry, it's like reading a mortal over again, getting confused. The page where Wendell falls down and bashes his head on the rock is a full page. Um, yes. And it's really good. It's, uh, yeah, I can't think of how they could do it better, really. Um, as you said, it's very no, shadowy. No, that's a, that's a fan. I, I can only imagine what that page of original art goes for. It's probably five grand, if not more. Mm. And just, Wendell is generally drawn very well. I think just, uh, his facial expressions are all very detailed in comparison to, uh, the others well maybe not oh, yeah, definitely. Meechum always just looks really evil but yeah it almost looks like he's wearing a fez in that one panel which panel is this oh yeah the first panel we're introduced to him there yeah it almost yeah. looks like he's got a bright red fez on and then it becomes magically orange yeah I'm gonna open the color version here I remember his outfit was quite garish so to speak um but then we are introduced to the one. Ah, yes, the one. Who comes back later on? <laughs> but we won't get into that. Does he? Oh. All right. Oops. I got my book. Did you want to recap this section? 
So now he has to face the challenge of the one, and even he is just like, I just fought four. What's the big deal about fighting one? And of course, UT's got to put him in his place. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, don't and, be a cocky bastard. Oh. Yeah, it's like uh, your cockiness is a demon at your ear. So, of course, this huge doorway opens up in this, like, nine-foot-tall, four-foot-wide <laughs> hooded, uh, more like professional wrestler hood guy in a red, bright red gi comes out, and uh, even Iron Fist expression is a little bit priceless. He's just like, what the? Yeah. And uh, UT proceeds to tell him that, you know, he's, uh fists are like Thunderbolt, and... Uh, his name is she she who or shu who sure yeah which and he has pledged to a pledge of silence so he doesn't talk and his name means lightning and his fists are like lightning and they hit like thunderclaps and all this good stuff so they start to throw down and iron fist pretty much dodges the first blow which he is surprised how fast it is because of this person's ginormous size Kind of like Andre the Giant and Princess Bride. Wow. <laughs> Throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> this will be over a lot quicker if you stop moving. <laughs> and Iron Fist hits him with, like, mm. an upper chop and then a double-fisted kick right square to the teeth, and it doesn't even phase this guy. He swats Iron Fist away like he's a bug, and he actually bounces off the wall and regains his footing. And uh, UT and the Hooded Master starts talking a little smack about, oh, maybe this isn't the person we thought he was. Maybe he'll be uh, getting a boot out the gate instead of given the choice of immortality. And uh, I'm pretty sure Danny hears this smack talk, so he concentrates a little harder. Yeah. But all that does is lead to a beetle, a brutal beatdown where he uh, takes quite a few blows to the face, body, and chest, which, of course, leads to another flashback. Yeah, flashbacks <laughs> everywhere. It's like watching Man of Steel. It's just every two seconds. How many concussions can this guy have? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, I love that, yeah, that, this whole action sequence is great. Obviously, the introduction of the one is uh, pretty classic. Yeah, that's all I have to say about it, really. Just really nice, crisp action. Oh, that panel in the top left where he hits him in the jaw with the open hand strike well the one that would have snapped a normal man's neck yeah, like a I twig mean, this guy doesn't know that he's not a normal man right so he could have killed someone there correct yeah alright I just wanted That's to point little, that out a little um, foreshadowing for some future pages with what you just said there that's true so now, now we go back to flashback number two yeah where Heather and Danny are trudging through the snow by themselves, still continuing to look for Kan Lun, even though Heather doesn't even really think it exists. Yeah. But she'd rather look for a fake city than go in the same direction that Meacham went. I'm questioning this parenting right now. Um, <laughs> like, not only the dad just dragging his nine-year-old to Tibet, but, like, the mother just <laughs> not thinking the city's real and still dragging her nine-year-old instead of, you know... I don't know. <laughs> Just, I feel like these are probably the worst parents in any comic origin I've ever seen. Well, let's be honest. Wendell knew it was there. That's true. So he he had a plane. Yeah. He's from there. 
he lived there. He was bringing his family there. So he knew it was coming. That's true. Heather was respecting her husband. She even says he spoke of it so often she began to think it was mm. a real place. Well, you almost have to wonder if she's just like thinking that the opposite direction from the guy who just murdered my husband and will probably murder us because of what we saw. So I think that's more of what is actually going on here. Yeah, I just I just feel like Heather's not looking out for Danny's best interests. Um, well, she makes up for it really fast. That, that's <laughs> really fast. Yeah. And what, why was Harold there? Why did he come again? Meacham? Yeah. Because we're business partners and we're best friends. And wherever you go, I go. Oh, they had such best friend chemistry, didn't they? They were totally <laughs> bros. <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry about that. So Heather and Danny are trudging through the snow for from what it basically says to it looks like about another two days. And they're near frozen, near starving. And you find out that they don't even know this yet. They're being slowly followed by a ginormous pack of gray wolves. That's a whole nother movie, which if you haven't seen, it's fantastic. Mm. <laughs> What's this? Uh, wasn't it called Gray? Uh, called yeah, gray? I've heard a lot about that. I haven't seen it, though. Fantastic movie about wolves. Very twisted. Um, but out of the blue, all of a sudden, they come across... A bridge in the middle of nowhere. And Heather is just like, oh my God, he wasn't lying. It's a real place. There's no reason for this to be here. There's nothing here. So this bridge represents truth and that there is something on the other side. And then they instantly see the wolves. So they start chugging for the bridge. They get to the bridge and Heather is hoping that the bridge and the chasm that it's spread over will stop the wolves because I don't almost think they'd be a little bit freaked out by a moving wooden bridge. Unfortunately, they're not. And they pause for a moment, but then start to come after them actually on the bridge. And she tells Danny to pretty much just keep running forward and don't look back. And he doesn't even realize that his mother has stopped, turned around and goes full force diving into the pack of wolves to give her son that chance. And Danny then realizes what's going on when he's like, you know, he doesn't hear, fear, hear footsteps behind him and the wolves are making different noises, turns around and sees his mother being basically mauled to death. And he goes to run towards her to help her and is suddenly grabbed by strong hands, refusing to let him go. And then crossbows pop up next to him and arrow bolts are fired. And the wolves are dispatched, but it's too late. His mother is gone. And these new strangers are like, she is dead. You are among the living once more. Welcome, lad. Welcome to Kanlan. So he has made it to the mystical city. However, he is now two parents shy. Yeah. And now the concussion cloud clears, and he's backed about getting his butt whooped by the one. It was definitely hardcore. Just devoured by wolves. Obviously, the art is... Uh still great. It's a shame that this is Gil Kane's only issue. I honestly think the flashback art is better. Yeah. Tightness wise. It's it's more it's more character driven, whereas the uh present day, if you will, is all about the action sequences, you know. Um the motion. So there's a lot more detail in the faces. 
in the form. And don't get me wrong, the artwork is tight throughout the entire Yeah, book. yeah, no, it's still good. Um, but it's just like everything's a little bit tighter. When I think of this crisper. issue, I think of the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> he's obviously pretty horrified about this whole thing. I guess it does explain why he's so angry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't have much to add, I guess. Uh, beyond what we already right. said, the art's really good. So we snap back to present time, and Danny is crumpled on the floor in his Iron Fist gear in the huge shadow of the one. And then we turn to pay the page to see him, the one that is, with open hand, and for some reason, zip is coming out of his <laughs> hand. And, and you're like, what, what's going on here? Why is there, like, you know, this streak? Is he fighting a mutant? And magically, a dagger is flies across the room and sinks itself into Danny's shoulder. And then another, which he manages to dodge. And for some unknown reason, the ghost of Heather is there in shock, like telling him to get up. She, not, she doesn't actually say anything. It's all expression with the face, the eyes, and the, and the forehead. Like telling him to get up. You have to get up. As this thing now has become a realization that this is not a human that he is fighting. And now it all makes sense why all of his blows did nothing. And here's your favorite part where not, now he's not merely the Iron Fist, but he's also a man gone berserk. That is, that is a good part, yes. Um, yeah, then he looks like he kicks his head off, but that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> no. But it does look like he's just kicked his head into an explosion. On two different panels with yeah. two different feet. And he, yeah, he's barraging him. He elbows him in the neck. He kicks him again. Then he kicks him again. And then he stops. Then he's like, oh, hang on a minute. This guy isn't dead yet. So he draws inward unfathomed reserves of concentration and resolve flow from his... very, very core. Yes, from his brain, shoulders, everything to his core. And the, the dude's sort of staggering in the background. The one. And here comes that famous first Iron Fist scene, I guess. Into your hand until it becomes like unto a thing of iron. Mm, I love and, I love that And line. then he strikes the ultimate 70s pose. Yeah. <laughs> John Travolta <laughs> would be proud. One hand in the air, Iron Fist down low, all glowy. Sheer naked power. Yep. And he the Iron Fist is then summoned, and he mm. plows the one's head clean off. And it does pretty much explode this time. Um, yes, and we are then treated to the fact that, yes, in fact, the one was a robot. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, there's the hidden meaning behind it. The challenge was of his self, not necessarily of the one. Correct. Of his will to live, his fitness to live, hence that's the first ever time he drew on that inner will to make the Iron Fist. And then the issue ends with UT saying, Yes, my son, you have won, the right is yours, the right to choose between immortality, eternal life, and death. And uh, dun, dun, dun. it ends with uh, the series being affectionately dedicated to the memory of Bill Everett, a most amazing man. 
Actually, we didn't we didn't mention that uh, Bill Everett created the Amazing Man. Um, oh, you just did. I did then, but uh, obviously he's most well known for Namor. He's a co-creator of Daredevil. Um, like Daredevil is a very committee sort of thing, but yeah. So yeah, that last sequence. Let's just get to the robot bit. <laughs> I like the ro- I like what they're going for with the robot, but it just still feels a bit weird. Like I know what they're going for, but. They have a robot. Like, what's with that? <laughs> yes, it is a wee bit out of place. Like, it fits in thematically, but just aesthetically, it's out of place. What do you think? In a lot of kung fu movies and other, like, comics, there were mechanical men that they would fight or train against. Of course, nothing to this level. But I think that's what they might have been going for. Okay. Like the, whole me- yeah. the mechanical man. I and, uh, and also in future appearances of Iron Fist, the whole technology thing that is in Kanlan is also explained more. And you find out, yes, it is like this myth- mythical ancient city, but they do, in fact, have technology that surpasses us they just don't flaunt it was that in immortal or was that living uh, weapon that, that's more in living weapon okay i remember because i saw some robots. immortal actually touches upon it also with like the new gates that are being yeah. built on both sides yeah yeah no that part was the art is consistently good at the end it's like definitely um some of the best fight sequences I've seen from that era. Oh, without a doubt. Um, which is, you know, what the comic is supposed to be, right? Like, Correct. And in this issue, uh, which you won't see in any of the reprints, because the reprints do not have the advertisements, there is a half-page ad for The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Magazine starring Shang-Chi. When did Iron Fist first appear in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu? I don't think he actually appeared until, like, issue eight or so. Okay. Because right here they're listing Shang-Chi, Sons of the Tiger, mm, yes. Bruce Lee, David Carradine, and... Tell me this doesn't sound familiar. Five Fingers of Death. Oh, it does sound familiar, yes. It's a lot of overlapping things here. So is that is that the first Sons of the Tiger appearance? I want to say yes. Because I mean, Bob Diamond's first appearance—that's obviously a milestone in comic history, right? He's a... He might have shown up before then, though. Ah, okay, yeah. And I think he might have because even like Misty Knight, Misty Knight, I think is supposedly like in Peter Parker Spider-Man issue two. As a cop, he saves from a bomb. Is that where she loses her arm? I don't know. Hmm. I originally thought, because I've read so much that sometimes you just get confused with stuff, but I had originally thought for years that Misty Knight had lost her arm to Sabretooth. Okay, yeah, I I always thought it was the bomb because she wouldn't show up about it. Because remember that IRA guy who pops up later on? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Bomb took my arm, blah, blah, blah. And Tony Stark did not build her first arm. 
he built her an arm. That well, he, I guess he builds everything these days, doesn't he? Well, yeah, her in her newest appearances, her arm can like do pretty much almost anything. Like it can shock people, it can do all kinds of stuff. Huh. And that arm was built by Tony, but her okay. original arm was not. I don't think we ever find out who built her original arm. Yeah. Um, but what I was confusing mm-hmm. it with is in Sabretooth's, I think, second appearance, because his first appearance is Iron Fist 14. Yeah. And then his next appearance is not until Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, where he's pretty much just a demented, psychopath, pervert, killer, rapist, is I think he maims... Power Man's model girl rapes and maims Power Man's model girlfriend. Because he got it. That's right. He got it mixed up with Mi- Misty, which is yeah, I like, think so. Yeah, I think he was looking for Misty, found Power Man's girlfriend at the time, and raped and mauled her. So Sabretooth thinks they're like all the same, I guess. <clears throat> Again, this is when Sabretooth wasn't a mutant. Yeah. Didn't have adamantium anything, had no healing power, had no superpowers whatsoever. He was just a six foot six, steroided up smuggler slash psychopath. Yeah. And well, I mean, he still is. He just has powers now. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And it, it, you know, about this issue, right? All these challenges they're putting him through, but this is after he fought a dragon. Well, you don't know that yet. Well, we don't know it yet, but I just, I do, I guess we'll talk about that next time. Right. And uh-huh. yes, it is a, a week after he has faced a, a dragon. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll get into that next issue. Um, but yeah, like, there's a lot of good origins in comics, but most of those origins' best versions are retold. As far as first unaltered origins go this is probably my favorite origin issue i've read besides maybe amazing fantasy 15 um i think but that 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 is also really tight quality wise um but yeah i'd say you you know an origin was well written if almost 40 years later they really haven't tweaked it that hard it's never been retold. It was retold a bit in Living Weapon, but it wasn't like a this issue is a retelling of his origin. It was just there was flashbacks. Um, right. Well, that's the whole thing. There's always been the quick flashbacks. A full out, complete from front to beginning retelling has never been done. Yeah. There's always touching. They've touched about it upon it many times, but the sheer fact that they they haven't really messed with it. It's never been changed. It's been expanded on a bit. But it's never changed. Um, right. And now, it's, the second yeah. part of his origin, which we will get into in next issue, mm. that's been tweaked a bit. Has it? I guess we'll talk about it then. Um, yep. We will. I guess, though, is this his origin issue, or is his origin issue multiple issues? Like Definitely multiple. Yeah. It's sort of like Ghost Rider, I guess. That wasn't really done in one issue. Um, hell, Ghost Rider's origin wasn't done in, you know, 70 issues. <laughs> it took until the end to find out what the hell was going on, so... Yes, uh, which was part of the mystery of the character. And it was great. I enjoyed that run immensely for that reason. It was always mystery. Um, 
Anyway, uh, yeah, I thought this was a great issue. Probably my favourite issue of 70s Iron Fist, if I had to make that claim. Um, oh, you'll be taking that back. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I do remember... Yeah, I maybe we'll get to... I do remember really liking the X-Men issue, but that was more fun. Um, but yeah, so... This is also Roy Thomas's only one where he, like wrote it fully, I guess. He's a co-plotter for the next issue or two, or is it just... Yeah, it is, it is disappointing that he starts this huge thing and immediately passes the buck. Yeah. He tells you he is. He tells you he is. In the in the letter page, he, like, tells you who's taking over and that they have his blessing and he'll be working with them, which is cool, which is a great thing. The book did not drop off after this issue. That didn't yeah. happen. So that's also a plus. Yeah, everyone, it seemed to be a bit of a, maybe a committee thing, because he was editor, right? Um, mm -hmm. So he would have had to approve everything. And uh, yeah, it definitely stays in the same vein, especially the next issue. Like, if you read the next issue, you might not be able to tell the difference between creators. Um, if you didn't look, obviously. And yeah, I, I really like Danny's costume. It gets a lot of flack, but I mean... It's a costume from an alien culture, you know. It's supposed to look really weird. And I Correct. think it does that well. And seeing the eyes is great. I think seeing the eyes is much better than the whiteout. Because the whiteout makes it look too superhero-y instead of a sort of ceremonial garb. Mm -hmm. um, and it works better as a ceremonial garb for the reasons I just stated. Um, yeah. Uh, you have anything to add? I will say this, that it has been said online, and I believe publicly, the creator of DC's Dead Man says the look of Iron Fist was stolen from him. Really? Yes. Because Dead Man, other than the sash tied around his waist and the, and the headgear, is the oh, same outfit. Wow. Yeah... Um, now, I don't know who came out first. I do not know Dead Man's first appearance. Dead Man and was I, 1967. Right, so there's seven years. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover right now. Yeah, it's definitely similar. It. Uh, have you got an image of it, or do you want me to link you one? Oh, no, I definitely know, know what he looks okay. like. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... It's, it's yeah it's mostly like the skin type thing with the V chest exposure and the huge collar um, I mean uh, I, will, yeah. I will say this that the collar changes for Iron Fist anyways yeah yeah because right now it is like the straight cut and as issues progress I think more so in Power Man and Iron Fist than in these first uh, like 30 appearances he makes uh, it goes to two points on the end, which D uh, Dead Man never had. So I don't know if somebody threw it in their face at Marvel, and that caused the change. Yeah, I don't know if it was stolen. I guess I couldn't say. Um, either way, Dead Man doesn't look as good as Iron Fist, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess if any of our listeners know anything, feel free to contact us. So you can reach us at our Facebook page, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. 
Um, we also have an email address, which is sorry, I'll just have to get it up. Also, with with that uh, Facebook page, there actually is a couple different sons of the dragon. Is so there? You're actually good. Yep, you're gonna have to actually see the one that says uh, "Immortal Iron Fist Podcast." That's okay. Um, but I mean, once you type in those first three words, it should pull them all up in a list, and you'll be able to see us there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't check that actually. And our email is Sons of the Dragon Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. So if you have anything to say, simple. yeah, keep try, keeping it simple with this really long title. So yeah, if you have anything to say, please get back to us. Leave us a review. We should be up on iTunes soon. Search for us there as well. If you leave a bad review, please say why. Don't just leave one star or just call us like mean names. Like, yes. Uh, but, uh, a bunch of rambling jerks is not nice. Most of all, standing questions or any insights you have or anything you have to say about Iron Fist, because after all, we did start this just to talk about Iron Fist, a character we love. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, any characters, music, etc. we've used in this, we're not making money off it, so please don't sue us. I don't have yes. any money anyway. And neither do I, because I have three kids. Yeah, so you wouldn't be getting <laughs> anything if you sued us. But yeah, this is strictly... No profit involved. Uh, this is all for free. No, this um, is for the love. Just for the love of a character that needs love right now, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, I think that we're, about we're wraps not, us up. Man. That wraps us up. Uh, good talking with everybody. Good talking with you. Hope you everybody enjoyed the show. I would like to give a shout out to the podcast that got me started into doing this, which was Get Out the Room, which is a horror podcast. You can check them out on Facebook, too. They're on iTunes also for free. And it's horror. It's about the movies. They love chewing on the Walking Dead episodes almost every time. Give them a like. Give them a listen. Good stuff. Yep. I also recommend that podcast, if you're, especially if you're a horror movie buff. It's good stuff. So, I guess, until next time, may your hands be like one, two things with iron. Namaste. Namaste. Don't hit me. (laughs) They'll sue you. Yes. Peace. Peace.